Hey, this is Christian Gray. Welcome to Lucky episode number 13. Super pumped with how things are going. Um, continuous growth, which is awesome. And not going to lie, some speed bumps along the way. I've had a episode completely uh, erased at one point, had to re-record. I've had some awesome feedback come from some previous guests. Shout out to Ennis, who... Made some comments around the audio, especially when we recorded outside. And there's nothing I love more than getting feedback and working on it right away, putting the adjustments necessary into action. And so I hope you start to see some of that come forward in this episode. And it's something I'm going to continue to work on to improve this podcast day by day in small ways. I really enjoyed recording with now a great friend, uh, Claudia. She was a blast to have on. She's a, well, who, who is she? You're going to find out, but she's an adventurer, a mountaineer, woman who runs cold therapy retreats. We chatted about her journey of authenticity, of self-discovery, and how cold therapy was a small but key piece in it alongside the tragic death of her cat, Percy. I really hope you enjoy this episode. It was one of my favorite ones to record so far. Very honest, very vulnerable, very real. We start off real deep, then we get to know Claudia a little bit, and we bring it right back to the depths. So I hope you enjoy. Have a great rest of your day. Talk soon. All right, Claudia, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for dealing with my absolute hectic energy of running into your home after hopping off of a flight <laughs> yeah no problem no problem so you're coming from portland mm-hmm. and the first thing you said when i asked you what it was like you said your heart's so full you feel like you've like two cups now you got multiple cups yeah i was actually thinking about that because right after that that i went to the bathroom and i've never actually used that term before and i was like no actually i just have a i just realized i have a a bigger cup, mm. I think, is like what I realized this weekend is like I love my that. capacity for love and like so many different things. Um, but like my cup is actually much bigger than I thought, and it's still overflowing, even though it's huge, bigger. It's huge, You're yeah, the biggest cup. Yeah, I literally made a joke as I was on my flight. We we're getting onto my flight with my and saying goodbye to my friends. I was like, I'm surprised they didn't make me check my cup because it's just so big. <laughs> it's so overflowing like it's definitely past the liquid maximum yeah um which got them like laughing but yeah it was a good it was a really good weekend away yeah so i mean what happened to make you realize that your cup's bigger that you have more to Mm. receive and to give i guess like that's what i would think of with the cup i think it was there's a multitude of things Mm -hmm. um but there was i mean this whole my year has been my this is 2023 has been the hardest year of my life Mm. and in that I've you know come to know these dark shadowy places of myself and I've learned to love them you know I have now awareness of them and now I can love them and that has been an incredible piece of myself that I've never had before Mm -hmm. and I feel more like myself than I ever have but there was pieces of myself that in the process of working on yourself and going through the dark shadowy places, you kind of lose the lightness and play yeah. while you're doing the hard work. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, sometimes you have to take a bit of a rest, 
you can't always be lightness and play but this weekend was that it was reminding myself what lightness and play really feels like mm. and I thought I knew what it was like but I you know I had I had it before and then it went away while I was going through the dark shadowy pieces now that I've moved through the dark shadowy pieces and I've you know healed that part of myself or I'm in the healing process of it and I it almost feels like that half of me is good yeah I was just waiting for the light playful bit to just really be embodied again yeah to reinvigorate yeah because I know what it looks like and it's just it's been gone for a little while it's been gone for a long time yeah and I came back this weekend and I had both pieces mm. you know like a, I felt full and yeah like fully myself to the the best extent like yeah I felt I texted a really good friend Dave and I was like I feel like I can take over the world nice <laughs> like I've That's dope. I've put both pieces together and they fit so well mm. and I know who I am and I love who I am and that yeah that's what Portland was my just kind of that last little piece for yeah. me to to just put to click two. yeah to click yeah things clicked this weekend it's beautiful yeah the lightness and play clicked with the shadow yeah like they are one now does it feel different than prior to having done this this like work that you've kind of both been forced to do but also chosen to do in the last year of like delving into the darkness because mm. before that right it must have also been to an extent lightness and play would have been around does it feel different now that you've kind of integrated these two parts of yourself the yeah. lightness and play it does yeah I feel like it's always been one or the other Mm. as I'm thinking about it because I haven't been asked that before or yet since just coming from this weekend yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) the interception this is the first first integration of this 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 weekend um no I I think my whole life and of course like I'm on a high right now from coming off this this trip but um I feel like my whole life I've had one or the other. I've done really good at working on the darkness and mm-hmm. working on the shadow and the sticky pieces and delving into that. Or I've gone the complete opposite way into escapism and then, you know, running yeah. off and running away and yeah. sitting in lightness and play, but just not looking at the dark and shadowy pieces. And I, I swing, have swung widely between the two for my whole life. Mm-hmm. And that, that means I know both parts of myself, but I've never actually been able to mesh the two together mm-hmm. or to just, you know, sit with one in each hand and walk through life that way. Yeah. And yet some part of this weekend feels like I was given the key or the opportunity to really sit in what that looks like and it felt natural and comfortable. Amazing. I find it fascinating because it, it sounds a little bit like this might be weird, but almost like dualism. Like, mm. I feel like a lot of the time we we feel like, oh, like I'm either, I don't know. As humans, we like to identify with pieces of ourselves, or with I, I don't know, with careers, mm. with being a climber. Um, and in your case, in the past, it seems like you identified either with lightness or with the darkness. Mm. And it's like, no, I must like absorb and understand myself and like only be in the darkness I don't deserve to be in the lightness or like fuck the darkness yeah I'm gonna go on an adventure and have the best time of my life yeah 
I guess like how have you and I so this question and then I also want to get to giving you an opportunity to like share a little bit about who you are at all <laughs> right <laughs> someone who has no idea who you are um but how have you I guess like what is it that allowed you to sort of keep both of these in your hands at the same time not feeling like it has to be either or I, well, I think the uh, the combined experience of my whole life, yeah. I think, is one of them. But this year, I believe the reason why it's been the hardest year of my life is because I sat so, I sat in such polarity, in that I know what it feels like to be swung so completely to the other side mm-hmm. of what darkness feels like, that shadowy piece, the parts of myself where we're, we're really hard to sit in. And then I've, and then immediately after went to the complete opposite side, I ran away to Hawaii to really feel and intentionally feel what like full lightness look like, what that airiness of playfulness look like. So complete opposite side. And I think I've always kind of gone to either side of the spectrum my whole life without holding one or the other, like both of them in my hands. I've just gone from one or the other. Mm-hmm. But because I feel like I've swung so widely this year from the complete limitation of what shadow looked like in my life and currently looks like in my life, and then what lightness to the complete opposite ends of the spectrum, I feel like I reach both limits yeah. this year. And to have reached both limits allows me to, to grasp the two quite easily now. Because mm-hmm. I... I can see the shape of them. Yeah. Almost. It's yeah. easier to manage when you know the extent of how far your shadow goes, at least currently with yeah. your current traumas. And, yeah. But it, I have an understanding and awareness of them that like I've never had before. Yeah. And that has allowed me to hold both. Interesting. And I guess that awareness, it almost takes away to an extent the element of like unknown. or surprise and I feel like sometimes when you have that element of like unknown that can allow your imagination to run away Mm. and be like what else could there be yeah well that how much worse could this be right unknown allows fear exactly creep in and then yeah then you're like oh can I actually hold both of these Mm -hmm. like the the uncertainty of it is so it's so easy to over be overcome by that Mm mm-hmm but to have that awareness of it now, it makes it so. It does. It makes it so easy. Yeah. And it it feels like I have a I have a superpower. <laughs> what does it feel like to have a superpower? Um. Of integration. <laughs> I don't know if I have words for it yet. Yeah. Like life changing, evolving. It feels like lightness and darkness at the same time. I yeah, I don't have, I don't have words for it yet. Cool, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's okay. So, um, to take a step back here, mm-hmm. so that we can continue to move forward. <laughs> yeah, you you go ahead. I'm gonna eat some candy. Yeah, you, <laughs> we really you jumped eat some into candy. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a second. Um, I guess context is that we met through my partner Christina mm-hmm. at some. Another friend of ours, Peter, who runs the Secret Spa in Vancouver and Tality, mm-hmm. 
kombucha and he's got some saunas and some hot cold tubs Mm -hmm. and there was a session going on there cycling between the two and that's where we met and there we had a conversation that really sparked my interest in learning more about you because I felt an alignment in the way that you described your work at the university um, which was around seeing the spark of people come alive as they realize that they can do what they initially wanted to, but maybe mm-hmm. didn't believe themselves capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about like, who is Claudia? <laughs> um, what do you do on a regular basis? Like, how would you, if you bumped into somebody on the street and they're like, Hey, like, who are you? You know, what do you get up to? And you had five minutes to kind of get right. into it. Right. It's not like five seconds, but how would you describe yourself? And then I, I want to touch on what I just shared, so I kind of combined two things here, so I'm sorry for that. That's okay. Okay. Well, my elevator pitch, that's what, you know, I'm used, I used to be in academia, and that's what we call it, is like, what is your two to five minute elevator pitch of who you are, what you're doing, what you're researching? And I do not have my an elevator pitch refined anymore, because that university job you just mentioned, I've now left. Yeah as of, you know, two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. this is so fresh and understanding who Claudia is after leaving a career of over 10 years yeah. is shifting and evolving. So if you asked me this question 24 hours from now, it could possibly be different and that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful place to be. Um, but who Claudia is, I am... A cold water enthusiast. I love finding cold water in the Alpine. That's where I found the like the rejuvening source of it when mm-hmm. I had tendonitis in both my knees, and found that it helped. If not, I quote quote unquote cured my tendonitis in my knees because I just don't have it anymore, and I attribute it largely to cold exposure. But through that passion and the love of cold exposure, I started hosting and hosting sessions, started doing it for athletes and uh, individuals within the Arcteryx community and then further communities in Vancouver and the Sea to Sky. Mm-hmm. And with leading cold exposure, I started to add the component of conscious breathing or breath work yeah. into the practice because I was learning and seeing that people struggled with ego or not struggled, but a lot their ego sometimes overcame them in the cold water. What did so, that look like? Oh, man. Let's not get down that tangent. No? This okay. Is another, <laughs> I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> but I lead up with that because I, I include breath work into the cold exposure practice because it allows people to really listen to their bodies, which mm. is a piece that I advocate for a lot for many different reasons. So I run cold exposure and breath work events all around Vancouver and the Sea to Sky. There are day-long events to retreats. We have a sauna festival coming up as well, yeah. so we're working with the Finnish sauna as well to hold up essentially like an adult summer adult summer boot camp or a sleepaway camp around cold and cotton, cold exposure, um, which I'm really excited about. And then when I'm not doing that and meeting community in those spaces, which I absolutely love, I'm somewhere outside and at one point it was you know I identified as a runner and Mm -hmm. I liked running outside and then the tendonitis happened so I started going to the mountains and then I identified myself as a hiker yeah 
And then I identified as a mountaineer as my skill set excelled and got into bigger, larger objectives. And then started ice climbing, so kind of resonated with that a little bit. And as I started to take on more sports, like right now I'm training for a 70.3 Ironman as well. I've, I just like being outside. <laughs> just like instead of listing all the activities that I do outside or trying to identify myself with a certain activity because I'm not a sport and I won't let a sport become me. Um, I'm just an individual that seeks being well outside. And mm-hmm. there's so many different modalities that I do that in. And was that always the case? Or is this something that cold exposure has kind of led you to through the mountains? Or mm. Because it seems like before the tendonitis in the knees, at that time you were Claudia the runner. Right. Um, and then I'm kind of confused here. It's like, <laughs> did, did you start to hike because it was easier on the knees? And then you yes. found the, okay. And then you found cold rivers in the mountains, started yeah. dipping in them and then the knees got better. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that the outdoors facilitated the outdoors, the mountains specifically facilitated my love for cold exposure yeah because there's really nothing like as much as i do cold exposure and run cold exposure sessions in vancouver and in the oceans the streams and in uh, facilities here in vancouver in the sea to sky there's nothing like an alpine cold plunge mm. nothing like it to get into it's truly cold water yeah. and to have you know an iceberg floating past your face or you are right by a glacier like the toe of a glacier there's, there's really nothing quite like that, especially after you've exerted your body to get there. Yeah. The sense of accomplishment is unparalleled. It feels incredible. I'm sure I've never done it. Oh my honest. God. Yeah. yeah. That's actually would be like one of my dreams is to hold an overnight oh. hiking trip where I bring somebody, because I, I, I have so many Alpine lakes that are my absolute favorite at this point that are known and also unknown to the public that I've like considered doing a hiking series. There's lo- lots of ideas per- percolating bet. in the brain, especially now that, you know, that university job we mentioned yeah. is no longer a piece of my world for the first time, first time in my life in a long time. And that university job, I touched on it earlier, it, it gave you an opportunity to see people, to help you give people an opportunity to believe in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, so just for context, for whoever's listening, (laughs) my university job, I worked in admissions and recruitment. So I worked with individuals who were seeking admissions for whatever program I was promoting. So sometimes I was working with high school students just trying to get into a bachelor's. Um, Other times it was working with students trying to get into professional-based programs. And then later on in my career, it was medical school specifically. So working with anywhere between high school students who were going into like the long game here or mothers with children reinvigorating their whole whole life and their their career and trying to figure out how they were going to get into medicine so i'd work with individuals from all different walks of life who had the aims of getting into a specific educational program and what you touched on what we like what we connected on the first time we ever chatted was how I loved my career, and I say it past tense because it's no longer my career, but I loved it for that reason, that I got to walk the journey with somebody in helping them realize their potential 
what they were capable of, what they could achieve, and giving them options, giving them kind of foresight of what they needed to get or how they could get there, and then being a part of that journey when they actually achieved it. And I'd been in my career for over 10 years at this point that I've seen, I've seen that to fruition. I've seen the struggle. I've seen them do the credits, do the extra work, do the extra volunteer hours, extracurriculars, put in the time, gain admissions, finish the program and then graduate and then become, you know, what they wanted to be all along of practicing physician, physiotherapist, teacher. I've gotten to see that. And that is it was a bit of a long... It's a long journey. Long journey <laughs> to be there, to like see not the fruits of my labor, but to watch their fruits of labor kind of manifest eventually. But that was that was why I loved my career. Yeah. And I think a caveat of our conversation was how... Why I got into breath work and cold exposure and guiding it is that I, I get the same thing out of it as well. I... A lot of the time people are like thank you for holding the session like oh you like changed my life or like you did this or you did that and it has nothing to do with me I I simply just like create a container where people get to realize what they are capable of what they the power the immense power that they have within them and then I get to witness them harness that and push through barriers and work through things and come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And I've done nothing other than just allow for space for that to happen. And they've been able to reach inside themselves and see what they're capable of and manifest it themselves and do all the hard work. Yeah. So I, like I, almost selfishly, like I moved from a career where I had to play a long game with all these individuals, yeah. and, like wait five to 10 years and sometimes I get to see that happen in a, an hour session. So I feel like there's two things there that I find <laughs> fascinating in particular. Um, one, you said that you don't do anything. You just create this space and this container for them to do all the hard work mm. and have that experience and you kind of get to witness that. Mm. I think you're in that sentence at least, undervaluing the Mm. effort required to create that space, that container of safety, like to go out there and put yourself out there to do what you've done and run cold therapy sessions. Right. Like that is scary. It must've like, it must've been somewhat intimidating at the start. Now maybe it started small and it happened on its own and it grew Mm. naturally, but you're still putting yourself out there and taking a risk by creating that space for others to keep them safe, right? Mm. Yeah, I you do. Yeah, you have a good point, and um, you touch on a piece that I I I work on is that I don't give myself really much praise, <laughs> or I have a hard time taking compliments, or um, you know, noticing not noticing I like know what I bring to the table but really taking ownership of it if Mm -hmm. that makes any sense Mm -hmm. um so yeah it does it does take it takes unique characteristics to create a space where people feel like they can they can delve into themselves that they can be vulnerable that they can have radical self-honesty with themselves 
that they can, you know, experience hard things, they can celebrate a win. And I think being in my career for over 10 years in essentially that space has those skills are transferable. Yeah. And the piece that I get to actually incorporate into leading cold exposure and breath work that I didn't get to do in the corporate setting of my career was that I get to love people. I get to I get to I get to show up with my heart. And I could do that in small ways in the corporate world in academia. But a nice small little email or Yeah, like, like you can't check in too often, you know? Yeah. You you know, you can't give them a long like too big of a hug. Like there's <laughs> just little things that happen in the corporate world. Whereas within wellness community or wellness spaces, that's I think that's where I really th- like the power of what I bring to the table in these spaces and what is felt is my heart. Mm-hmm. Like I bring my whole heart to these experiences and that actually has never felt scary even from the beginning is mm-hmm. that even when I started small, I started because I wanted other people to experience what community felt like, what it felt like to feel safe with other people, to accomplish something that, it, that anybody can experience. Yeah. You, you can be in any situation financially, emotionally, you could be um, temporary or long-term disabled and you can still access this and, and to, to share that with other people. And I know, I know now after this year, I can give my help myself credit for this that my heart, my big heart, <laughs> has a huge role to play in other people feeling loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have so much love to give that I'm happy, happy to share it with the world in these sessions. So it's been kind of easy since the beginning. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Natural I, almost. Yeah, I think when you find something that feels natural and easy, it's always a good sign to... At least to continue to explore Mm. and to be curious. Because it's not like you quit your job 10 or whenever, however long ago you found cold exposure. Right, yeah. Like you, it's just recently occurred that you've now moved on from that career. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you think that who you are as a person and the skill sets that you learned in your career helped you create spaces where people can feel safe enough to recognize their strengths their weaknesses to understand themselves and to kind of grow through these limiting beliefs Mm. what is it and i feel like you just described it but i want to ask anyways what is it that creates the space for people to be able to have that type of experience is it the cold itself or is it something that you're bringing to the table and could someone if they were sitting at home Mm -hmm. alone could they create a space for themselves like this if they didn't yet have a community but decided Mm. hey tonight i want to start to create this type of space for myself like what variables what factors can somebody sort of bring to the table to create that for themselves or for people in their lives right oh man i i have so many different things that are coming up for me in response to that because like oh i can tell you what what feels good in group dynamics and I can tell you what feels good in one-on-one sessions as well or retreat sessions and 
it just, it was like a slew of words that came up that make, that make this such a beautiful space that, that is, that is safe for individuals. But like what's coming up the most is that people are willing Mm. That, that like that's the biggest undertone that changes everything because mm. you can have the physical space that is conducive to creating a safe environment you can have the best facilitators you can you you can have the best protocols the most scientifically researched everything you can have everything perfectly aligned but unless an individual is ready to open up to be vulnerable, to show themselves self-love, to be kind to themselves, to practice radical self-honesty. If they're not ready to, to you know, meet that mm-hmm. in themselves, then it's going to be hard for them to mm-hmm. really get something out of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I see that even with, you know, group dynamics. If somebody's just not ready to show up, you can feel that in the group. But when everybody shows up, the group group almost hosts itself I I give them a I give them a schedule I give I I set the container and again I'm trying not to demean what I bring to the table but it is really it everything changes when people show up yeah to do the work Mm -hmm. that's beautiful that really speaks uh, I don't know it speaks to a lot like there's so many there's a book that I really enjoy called finite and infinite games and it's Mm -hmm. super theoretical and I've given it to a lot of people and they don't actually like it (laughs) because it's written in like a really (laughs) annoying way but i liked it um and there's a piece to that it it says that we all play and participate in games in life Mm. and that to play means to participate voluntarily that you can't be forced to play a game it literally does not work yeah and that it is like by accepting that, it's almost like a recognition that whatever we are doing, we are we are all choosing to do. Yeah. Um, I and, resonate with that. Yeah, and then what you're saying about, like, a willingness to show up, like, to me, that's just, like, the recognition that, yes, I want to grow. I want mm. to heal, to know myself. And I'm open to change. Mm-hmm. And, f- like, that piece of, of being open to change, everything growth, change, whatever it is. I mean, it's all kind of the same thing, but you have to have awareness first mm. of who you are and where you are to know where to go. Right, then maybe you... be, being open to being aware, mm-hmm. to finding awareness. Exactly. There's just being open. But it can be, but again, it can be scary. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know what you're opening yourself up to mm-hmm. about yourself, yeah. like who you are. And I think with, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like in our culture right now, women are having an easier time maybe doing this than, than men. Doing what? Opening up, being oh. vulnerable. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but There's there... definitely easier pieces, I, I would say, from a personal standpoint as a woman, that there are pieces that I've opened up about that feel easier mm-hmm. in comparison to my male counterparts but in contrast there are parts that my male counterparts have been able to open up about sure. that would be more difficult for me i think yeah that's a good it's point it's balanced relative you know yeah super true um 
and kind of coming back to that awareness piece, uh, you need to first take the time to sit in that awareness Mm. and coming back to your journey here and your story with what you described earlier is like you now have an awareness of the limits of the light and the dark. Yeah. What you described, it all started with having time to think, which started with the death of a cat. Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, your that's cat. right. Yeah, I see where you're bringing all the the dots back here. Uh-huh. Um from a prior conversation that we've had not on this podcast yet. Mhm. Yeah, well, well I mean like that which <laughs> that awareness, I think I think I mentioned, you know, it it didn't just start this year. It's a combination of, you know, my whole life and I've had a lot of definitely after this year as well. I've had a lot of death and loss in my life but like a pivotal moment of starting to have awareness of my inner self and practicing you know not even practicing radical self-honesty that didn't happen anywhere close to when my when this occurred but yeah just starting to be in touch with my emotions like having that inner connection to self um and I remember like telling you, I, actually, anytime I tell the story, because it's about my cat passing away, I always get this, even years later, I have this weird apprehension feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to be so judged for the death, being so dramatic over the death of a cat. But honestly, it was, it was so hard. It, so to, in context, to give whoever's listening context is that prior to my cat passing away from a pretty devastating accident is that I considered myself cold and calculated mm-hmm. that I, I, and I took so much pride in being cold and calculated that I didn't feel that I, you know, was impervious to that, that I didn't emotions, emotions didn't rule me. Like I didn't, even, I was cold and calculated warmth and love. Nope. None of that. Just a little bit if I needed it relationships were transactional yeah it was a an interesting time that's born from different traumas in my own past but when my cat passed away and before my cat passing away that cold and calculated was that I could reason anything away Mm -hmm. could reason love away I could reason heartbreak away I could even reason death away at that point but when my cat passed away which Um, happened right kind of at the beginning of the pandemic so everything was shut down I was completely alone I was not seeing anybody I was not dating anybody and my cat passed away from this crazy skin eating bacterial infection and I tried everything to to save her thank god I had two different pet insurances but it you know a week stay in the hospital on keeping her on life support was like twenty five thousand dollars and jeez Um, I couldn't even go in to see her so I like skyped called her and I just you know this was my my only connection it was like my only thing that I could I could spend time with at that point so in addition to the fact that I love my animals they are my family members and I have a strong connection to them there was the added fact that I was literally alone without this cat without Percy and she ended up passing away and it was the most 
it was the it was the yeah the <laughs> the hardest experience of my life at that point which is so dramatic because it's a cat I get it but there was other things happening at that point that really made that such a tragedy in my life it there was just a lot of little things that precipitated to this being the big thing that yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back and I I was I like I couldn't eat I like I would vomit like on the daily like I just couldn't keep anything down I had an, an old boyfriend like try to come who we you know taking got this cat together he even came back into my life to try and you know feed me and like make sure that I was like getting out of the house and I didn't even know what to do with these strong emotions because it was the first time in my life that I felt such grief that I couldn't reason I couldn't reason it away why would this happen there's no reason I can't dream anything up that would make sense of why this traumatic situation would happen and I started doing counseling again I've done counseling for most of my life for other things that have occurred to me and around me and something that I was working through with my counselor was that okay you know I can't make sense of this experience but what will make me feel a little bit better is if I can if I can get something out of this if I can you know make this tragedy this experience in my life that feels so dark if I can I don't know, make sense of it in the fe- in the way of harnessing my emotions feeling my emotions for the first time maybe this was meant to happen so that I could finally feel what it's like to feel my emotions to embody them and to really delve into them so I started that was my first moment into trying to find awareness and it was almost it felt like I look in hindsight here if it was the perfect time because individuals who came into my life after that precipitated such an immense amount of growth and awareness because I finally all of a sudden I started to surround myself with people or people popped up out of nowhere who were happy and willing to talk about their emotions Mm. out of nowhere like my two really good friends Cody and David I met them and their group of guy friends who they've known for since they were babies and I met them out in the mountains this is a couple weeks after my cat passed away and you know they're they're massaging each other by the fire and they're talking about their feelings and I remember I was with somebody who kind of like underneath their breath was like wow this is so weird we should go like I don't I don't know about this and I remember sitting on the other side of the fire thinking this is really beautiful like yeah. this is what I want in my life yeah. I want to be around individuals who will massage each other's shoulders and talk about how much they love each other and not make that feel weird like cuz it doesn't feel weird and the next weekend they invited me into their circle of friends and then that relationship those like those friendships are still very much present in my life today and i attribute to them attribute them to one of the ways that i started to really delve into that awareness and i could go on and on about the individuals who've helped with my emotional growth but it was my cat passing away that triggered me into feeling my emotions mm-hmm. and having that and it's interesting to have such a contrast in my life to at one point been in that space where I really did not I 
you know, had so much pride in being cold and calculated to the point where now I feel overflowing with love. Yeah. And I love, I open, I openly talk about everything that's really happening in my life to the point where it's probably an overshare, but vulnerability feels so natural and feels like the only way in which I want to move through life anyways. So yeah, I, yeah it's, I'm only 29 years old, so it's fascinating to, to yeah, have gone through this to the point where there's been such contrast in how I've experienced life so far. Yeah. Do you feel like in some ways, like, Percy's death, you know, like, without reason as it was, has kind of, like, given you a second life, in a way? Like, a mm. different perspective on yourself and a mm. community and... I think it accelerated the life that I was always meant to have. Mm, Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was always meant, when we were talking outside of this podcast, talking about, you know, where, who I am and like who I embody and like what feels like Claudia, who is Claudia. I feel like I've always been this person, but I'm only just allowing myself or like finally have the safety in the community all these different factors that have finally come into my life at the right time for me to be who I've always meant to be. Mm -hmm. And that feels, it feels like that with Percy passing as well, passing away as well. It was always meant to be this person. I was always meant to find my emotions, always meant to feel them. It's just without that happening, it could have, it could have been five years later, 10 years, maybe a day later. Who knows? (laughs) I actually don't know, but I feel like it happens sooner rather than later mm-hmm. because of the different events in my life. And that's Percy is, she is what spurred me coming into awareness of my emotions and delving into that, that inner self. But she is by no means the last time I've experienced pivotal moments in my life where darkness or absolute despair or grief or, the, mo- the emotions we put into the, you know, quote-unquote shadow realm have overtaken me or have threatened to consume me and have then shifted or evolved my emotional state. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you asked me at one point, like, what makes a good space or, like, yeah. space, space holder? I think that's another piece to it and that this is one that I can give myself credit for. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> is is because of the experiences of my short time on this planet so far but the immense amount of loss and grief to be have already gone through that myself it allows for a way of relating to individuals no matter where they are in their journey because I've I felt a lot of it too yeah and I've I have I've lived a pretty privileged life I will admit that absolutely but loss and grief will still will still impact individuals no matter where they are. Yeah. And I've had a lot of that at such a young age that it allows for a deeper connection with individuals who've also felt that at varying capabilities. Mhm. Mhm. To like understand what those depths look and feel like mm. and to have been there and to have empathy for it. Yeah. To know not that I know what everybody's journey feels like, but to have a sense of it. 
and to to, know what it can be. Yeah. And then be like, how are you? You know, how you really doing? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you don't even have to ask. You just, you can just give them some love. Yeah. And knowing that it, that's probably all they need at that point is just feel loved. Yeah. To feel accepted for who they are. Because that's, that's a big part of our journey as humans is, you know, self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. And when somebody loves us, that feels, that feels like acceptance. It helps us you know, kind of love ourselves as well. Yeah. So with this integration of uh, all of Claudia, <laughs> what are you excited to, to pour your energy into just as we wrap up here mm. in the next little while? Like... You have this superpower now. You don't know how to describe it yet, but you can feel it. It's there. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? I didn't know you were going to ask this question at the end. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... What am I looking forward to? I'm looking... I mean, the it's biggest... It's not... We don't just have one minute here. Like, Okay. All right. Another hour. Here we go. Exactly. Just... <laughs> but the biggest thing is I'm... I look for... I look forward to being myself. Like, yeah. finally... Like... There... My journey is not done. Absolutely not. There's probably going to be other shadowy pieces in my side myself that I'm like, what the... Are we allowed to swear? You can swear. Okay, what the fuck? (laughs) That was in there too? I know that's going to happen. Because that's happened already this year. I was like, ah, fuck, I thought this was done. I thought we went through this, but it's not okay. I know that's going to happen. But I've never felt more like myself. I've never felt more empowered. I've... I've never felt more like what Claudia's always meant to be in my life before. Mm -hmm. I like, it's the, it feels like all, there's so many pieces of myself, like that feel like I have a superpower that my, you know, confidence in being my vulnerability, my ability to open share with individuals as a piece of, in a way of like expressing my love, like my, my heart and the way that I want to love and the way that I can love all these pieces of myself because I finally accepted them and I've embraced them for me and nobody else that it, you know, I don't have to be accepted by other people to, to love myself in this. That is what I'm really looking forward to stepping into. And since I've really come into awareness of this all, you know, this weekend felt like, you know, the truest form of actually stepping into what that Mm. looks like. That's why this weekend feels so impactful is because I did it. I took that first step after coming down this road and this journey and taking a step in what Claudia hasn't always been, but really embodying who Claudia is. And I really look forward to taking more steps in that. Yeah. Because it, it and I are, I'm an incredible human. I like, I, 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 and I know I, I'm impactful when I share experiences with people, share, share time with people, and share my love with individuals. And I'm excited to do that more. And the way that's going to come out, I have no idea. I definitely know I want to do more breath work and cold exposure events. Dave and I have our sauna festival coming up um, along with the finished sauna. We have retreats coming up this year. I'm excited to start working with the brands that... I have already been working with like Arcteryx and Laundry and uh, She Summits is another one that I've worked with 
I'm excited to do more one-on-one sessions as well. I just, those are ways in which I can be Claudia in the fullest extent while working with individuals and community. Mm -hmm. And I I think there's more. There's like ways in which, yeah, these are all in-person pieces, but not everybody has access to meet me in person yeah. and this journey physically in person so there's i even want to i want to figure out a way to create access around this as well to meet people in the virtual space i have a like a small instagram as well that i've been utilizing but don't think i've really been utilizing the virtual world as best as i possibly could to meet people in any journey because the one thing with our events is that you know, there is a financial commitment. We do give away one spot. Um, we have a grant application for our retreat. So one spot always goes to an individual who cannot afford it. That's awesome. Which is, love the fact that I'm uh, working with an individual like Dave Gu, who is just fully on board with that, with no questions asked. We've always been doing this and it feels really good. But there's still, like for most people, there's a financial component. And yeah. I never want people to have to choose between food and shelter over their head and mental wellness mm-hmm. or mental health or in partaking in community in the wellness space. I feel like those should be as easy to access, hopefully, as food and shelter is for individuals, but that's not always the case. So figuring out ways to meet people in that is another another piece that I'll be trying to explore this year. And then the probably like a million other things. I just like fire on all cylinders at this point. I just write them down. I'm like, okay, what about this idea? Okay, let's stop it. We're on this one already. Uh, and I just, uh, me and my co-facilitator, Dave, we, we have this funny, funny, beautiful thing that we say to each other after we've had a really good working session or a retreat has gone really well. And we're reflecting on how we both have you know, been in that experience and what we can maybe improve on or what we can do. And usually after some pretty beautiful words of affirmation, one of us will look at the other and be like, I can't wait to see what you do in a year. Mm. Even though we're doing this together, yeah. like we're both individuals and it's just one of, one of the interactions with one of the people that I love so dearly in my community um, that I think is a really good yeah, good way to explain, you know, how much growth happens in a year. Because I'm crazy. excited to see what Claudia does in a year, which is a, a fun I- idea to have about yourself. Me too. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back on here in a year. In a year. And Just watch. Be like, ah, uh, not, not much, <laughs> actually. That's it. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I think this the more you engage, like, the way that you show up and engage with the world is the way that the world will show up and engage with you. Mm. And as you come into this fully embodied version of yourself and start to engage with the world in the way that you did in Portland Mm. and kind of, like, do so moving forward, I'm sure there's going to be lots of beautiful surprises Mm. uh, awaiting you. So I'm excited to see what happens as well. But I really appreciate (laughs) you coming on and... um, sharing your passion and your excitement and your love for cold therapy for exploration and for for people in general Mm. um and being vulnerable so thank you so much for coming on claudia i really appreciate it yeah thank you thanks for having me on no problem (laughs) no problem um actually i want to do one more thing okay i 
like short one sentence appreciation for the other person of something that you think that they are genuinely like good at or something that you appreciate about them the other person yes you and me which is oh i know i didn't tell, oh. i just I, it was in a book that i read <laughs> and they're like at the end of each session you should you should try this okay i, just, I wasn't planning this i just thought of it right now okay <laughs> um i'll go first i feel like i kind of just did one but it, i'll go again um i feel like the work that you've done for yourself mm. and on yourself allows you to show up in a certain way and when I think, I think when people spend time around you, they mm. naturally gravitate towards doing the same thing mm. for themselves because you give them permission mm. to start to see a path towards that. Wow. So that's awesome. Give people permission. I like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um well, as I was trying to remain present in your response and not like think about what it's I'm going to say next, um, something that came to me before you started speaking was around you, like, I, I think like when you reached out to me to be on this podcast, I, I was, I just was in immense amount of appreciation for the type of courage mm. to put yourself out there because I know I'm on the podcast, but you are also, you're actively reaching out to individuals to, to have these conversations, which requires you to also put in a certain amount of your own vulnerability, your own authenticity, your own open shares. And we had a conversation before this podcast, which in which you did, you were vulnerable with me as well in return, not as a transactional way, but (laughs) just as a way of which you already are in being. And I think, yeah, what your courage, your courage to create these spaces precipitates or what it creates in, you know, in relation to that. I think that's really incredible. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. I do. (laughs) I really do. All right. Well, thank you for listening and have a great day.